the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Thursday, October 19th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. I've got Bill to my east. I've got Mr. Dahl to my north. I've got Terry Septent of him. And for all the other compass points, 602-508-0960. We have a, um, a lot to do today. <laughs> Man, do we have problems. Man, do we have trouble. And I'm not talking about River City, Iowa. I'm talking about Washington, D.C. Our president flying back from Israel yesterday said about the Islamic Jihad rocket that hit the parking lot of a hospital in Gaza that the world blamed on Israel. Our president said the terrorists, quote, got to learn how to shoot straight, close quote. He prefaced that by saying, quote, I'm not suggesting Hamas did it deliberately. They got to learn how to shoot straight. Our president is now, what, giving artillery and bombardment advice to Hamas and Islamic Jihad on how to better and more accurately attack Israel? Which raises a good question nobody seems to be asking in the wake of the missile that hit the hospital parking lot. Why is Hamas, why is Islamic Jihad firing any rockets or missiles at all? Nobody wants to ask that question. It's just assumed, well, they have a right to fire missiles at Israel or That's just what they do. What they are doing, of course, is attempting to finish the job of October 7th. With all the bleeding, bleating from Rashida Tlaib and others, ask them that question. How is it okay? Why is it okay? How is it tolerable that Hamas and Islamic Jihad are firing missiles at a country, never mind an an ally of ours? They may say, well, to defend against Israel. To defend what against Israel? Israel going on a hostage rescue mission and a Hamas destruction mission that they didn't start? Then they obviously support Hamas and hostage taking, don't they? And they justify missile attacks to back them up. I hope that point is not misunderstood. Of a sudden, firing missiles seems to be okay, so long as the missiles are aimed at Israel. No one's talking about that. Why is Hamas and Islamic Jihad, why are they firing missiles? After all, whatever the loss of life body count is at the Gaza hospital, where are the outcries against inhumanity for attacking a hospital deliberately or indiscriminately now that we know it wasn't Israel? Are Arab lives cheap all of a sudden or cheaper because they were taken by fellow Arabs? Or is it only a war crime when Israel does it? Which it doesn't. By the way, remember when Israel was supposedly the responsible party for firing on the Gaza hospital? Remember the number of dead was between 400 and 500? It's now looking a lot closer to 45 or 50. So we have that problem. We have the problem of the president sending $100 million in aid to Gaza. That is, to the territory run by Hamas. Now, he did say, quote, if Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people, and it will end as a practical matter. 
So that should comfort you, kind of like the security of buildings that have signs saying no guns allowed on premises. Yeah, that ought to do it. Hamas runs Gaza and has routinely raided humanitarian funds funneled to the U.N. through the Relief and Works Agency for Palestine. It reminds me of the last two tranches of cash sent to Iran, where subsequent secretaries of state said Iran promised the money would not be used for terrorism, only for John Kerry to later say some of the money probably would be used for terrorism. He said that the first time we sent a tranche, the pallets of cash. And then this latest issue with the $6 billion, President Raisi said they'll use the money any well they damn well please. Thank you very much. So now $100 million of your money to Hamas, an organization defined as a terrorist organization by our State Department, and never mind the European Union. By the way, do you know what a Qasem rocket costs? A Qasem rocket costs? About $1,000. You could buy 100,000 rockets for what Biden just promised to send over. Meanwhile, over at the Department of Homeland Security... Here in America, not Tehran, America, we had an employee who wrote this on social media. Quote, Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid, Israel, and any Israeli that supports the bull F, you may Allah forgive you. Spare us crocodile tears. I sure as hell give zero F. She wrote more. You get the point. And I'm leaving out the full words. By the way, prior to her employment at the Department of Homeland Security, her biography states she was a spokesman for the PLO, you know, the organization under whose umbrella several State Department-designated terrorist organizations sit and whose emblem is the whole state of Israel. So is DHS now just recruiting from terrorist organizations that want to wipe Israel off the map? Remember, this is the DHS in America. Department of Homeland Security here, not Iran or Riyadh. I don't know. Last I checked, the public service announcement you hear on this and other radio stations reads, if you hear, excuse me, if you see something, say something. You know where that if you see something, say something line comes from? Who sponsors that public service announcement? Department of Homeland Security. Anyone remember how Nadal Hassan, the terrorist at Fort Hood, was just happily broadcasting his encomiums to jihad and all his fellow employees in the Navy after he shot up Fort Hood said they were afraid to say something or anything lest they be accused of insensitivity? I remember it. Wrote a book about it, actually, with William Bennett, still available on Amazon, The Fight of Our Lives. But speaking of trouble, homeland security and national defense, We get this news item today. Just as we are 25% off in our military recruitment numbers, we get this story about those in the military, as reported in Roll Call. Quote, Obesity rates among active duty service members doubled in the past decade, and antiquated policies and incomplete data have complicated efforts to combat the trend, according to a new report from the American Security Project. Military obesity rates across the active duty members jumped from 10.4% in 2012 to 21.6% in 
2022, according to the study. This mirrors a national trend that has shrunk the military's recruitment pool and led to billions of dollars in associated health care costs. Today, 68% of active duty service members are either overweight or obese, and eating disorders in the military increased by approximately 79% between 2017 and 2021, the report said. Cue the James Bond movie villain, speaking of how soft and weak the Americans are. Well, to give you some comfort, at least the military is hiring drag queens to recruit transgender members. Let's hope they're fit. How did they put it in River City? Friend, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge or you are not aware of the caliber of the disaster. Well, you got trouble, my friend, right here. I say trouble right here in River City. You bet we do. By the way, did this line from the story in Roll Call about obesity kind of strike you as odd? Obesity rates among active duty service members doubled in the past decade and antiquated policies and incomplete data have complicated efforts to combat the trend. Antiquated policies have complicated efforts to combat obesity? Does that make any sense at all to you? This nation, look back at, look at our colleges, look at our businesses, look at our corporations, look at our schools, look at our prisons in the 60s and 70s and 80s. We were not an obese nation. That's antiquity, 60s, 70s, 80s, 50s. Were there any obese people in Mad Men or any depiction of a show from the 50s or 40s or 60s or 70s or 80s? There were no obese people. The only thing that comes to mind is maybe Al and Happy Days. Maybe. Maybe. And how antiquated a policy do you need to fight obesity? Is it that hard? Do we not understand what it is that creates it and causes it? My God, we're just lost. We're just lost. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. David, we haven't done a pin update. You brought in your whole collection the other day. It was beautiful, by the way. I had no idea it was so expensive. Yeah, it was fun. I meant to say something about that. Do you have one today on (laughs) I don't have one on me because you didn't ask me for the past four days. I felt badly about that. I was thinking about that on the drive in today. Uh oh. So are we not doing it anymore? Well, it's up to you. But yes, it's 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 a real crowd pleaser. Third time's the charm. Fourth time I didn't bring it in. Speaking of third time, <laughs> guess what's not? Jim um, Jordan, he's out. Out. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Uh here's a report that'll make you really happy. Um from Twix. Jim Jordan will not be speaker. He waves the white flag of surrender and bows out. No more self-humiliation for him. Losing twice was enough. Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat minority leader, says Patrick McHenry is someone Democrats can work with. Fusilli Spock on Twix says, so what exactly did Matt Gates and his seven Confederates accomplish? He humiliates three perfectly fine conservatives and ends up with someone Democrats can work with. That's good work. That's great work. 
Yeah, that's what's accomplished by Matt Gates and his seven. He humiliated three perfectly fine conservatives, including Kevin McCarthy, I guess, and Jim Jordan. Three perfect, yeah, yeah. And ends up with someone Democrats can work with. Hakeem Jeffries says Patrick McHenry is someone Democrats can work with. Matt Gates was supposed to be the conservative one who didn't like working with Democrats, only to work with 100% of them and ousting Speaker McCarthy. So humiliate Steve Scalise, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan. Who they got next? Someone I'd never really even heard of, Patrick McHenry. I don't think he'll be the speaker. Randy's in Phoenix. Hi, Randy. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, I'm having a little bit of a hard time hearing you, but I hope you can hear me. I I listened to your show yesterday. I've been listening to you for a long time. Have a great show. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Uh, and uh, I was a little bit confused by it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't pick up on who you were talking to. Uh, but he and it was close to the end of the evening. John Shattuck, uh, probably former Congressman John Shattuck. He was my last oh, guest yesterday. Oh, OK. OK. You know, it's so hard to follow what's really going on with this speaker fight. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions I have, and maybe you can answer it, is that, you know, uh, he was saying that the eight uh, were actually traitors. Do you recall that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's some pretty harsh words, if you ask me, but okay. If he had something that could... I remember prove... how he qualified it, though. Okay. I remember how he qualified it. He didn't say traitor. I was wondering if he would, and he did. And if you go back and listen, he was very clear. He said, I'm using the dictionary definition, one who portrays another's trust or is false to an obligation or duty. Okay. He said they betrayed the trust of the Republican Party and the obligation and duty to serve as Republican leadership. That's what he was saying. He used he was very clear on that point. So I know I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But if you go back and listen. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, that he, he, he did say that he didn't mean in a legal sense. He meant in a Webster dictionary uh, sense. Right, right. But even at that point, uh, I, I still am a little confused uh, in terms of you have the eight and then you have the 22, correct? The 22. Remind me of the 22. Oh, you mean from before? The, yeah, right. Okay. Well, the 22 that are voting against. Yeah, okay. I'm with Jim Jordan. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Oh, 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 oh. This past, okay, yes, this past week's 22. Gotcha. Okay, I'm with you. Yep. Right. Now, if, if this 22 actually block Jim Jordan. Which they did. Yeah. But apparently there's going to be another vote tonight and tomorrow, uh, you know. Well, Jim Jordan's out, as I was just saying before you got on. He's 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 waved this flag of sir. He's not going to a third vote. He's not doing it. OK, if this goes into a Democrat being the speaker. OK. And, and, you, and you understand the premise behind that being a possibility. It right? is a possibility. Right. Right. So if the, if these 22, which have successfully blocked Jim Jordan, then my question to you is, who is the traitor? All of them. 
I mean, by the definition, I want to be very clear again, using the Shattuck definition of what, right, yes. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, not not a legal sense, not obviously not right, someone right. subject to Hank right, or death penalty, right. right, 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 someone who betrayed a trust. They all are. They all are. I, I have no more like for the people who are voting down Jordan or who voted down Steve Scalise, for that matter. I have no more no more favorable opinion towards them than I do the people that ousted McCarthy. We're now going into a third week of no Republican leadership in Washington, D.C., when we won the majority of the House of Representatives at a time when the nation is on when the world is on fire, when we could really use a Republican leader right now. And Joe Biden is going to own the airwaves later tonight as the Democrats own Washington, D.C. right now. The eight shut down the only part of the federal government Republicans ran the only part. They shut that down. And you're right. The 22 and the others subsequent to them have aided and abetted in the in the chaos. You're, you're right about that. You're right about right, that. Right. So that's the where I drew would... first blood and the people who won't get on board and putting Humpty Dumpty back together again are uh, equally um, uh, at blame for 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 keeping the blood thinned and drawn. Yes, exactly. So 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 based on uh, yesterday's uh, uh, testimony uh of being a traitor then then the then the the 22 are just as guilty uh, that, uh, yes thing. i have no problem saying that none none at all they need to oh. fix this yeah 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 was that, yeah, I, it, if, if if there was anything i said confusing about that no i i said okay let's get him in there when it was steve scalise get him in get him in i think it's an equal trade he's about the same level of rating of a conservative as kevin mccarthy but get him in and then exactly. they didn't want to do that, so Jim Jordan's name. And I said, okay, great. This could be an improvement because ACU rates Jim Jordan is even more conservative than uh, Scalise and McCarthy. Let's get him in. Nope, they won't right. do that. No, they're, they're, uh, th- no. The first blood was drawn, but these guys have, have, kept, have, have kept the blood flowing. Yeah, and I think intentionally. Well, of course, yeah. intentionally. <laughs> of course, yeah. intentionally. Yeah. They're not doing yeah. it on that. They're not. Yeah, of course, <laughs> when they say, "Who do you vote for?" Yes, no, or when they're, yeah, no. It's of course intentional. No, I have no more love or like for these guys and gals than the first group. Yeah, to, what, help, to heck with them all. Really, I mean, they have, yeah. they have, they have paralyzed Republican leadership in Washington D.C. All of them. Yeah, and, and that's why the Democrats always. They keep winning, and we keep Yeah, losing. when the Republicans are in the majority in the House, do you know what they do? They pass legislation. They just keep passing legislation. They're like great white sharks, as Richard Dreyfus said. All they do is swim and eat and make other sharks. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brett Johnson joins us today. He couldn't make it yesterday, so we're having makeup class with Brett. He is a partner with the law firm of Snell & Wilmer. SWlaw.com is their website, headquartered here, offices around the country, and Brett is our constitutional and elections attorney expert. Other listeners, uh, if you're on hold, feel free to stay there. We'll get to you in turn. Brett, how are you today, brother? Good, thank you. And sorry I missed yesterday, and I'll take detention today. Detention. Those who are tardy do not get fruit cup. I believe Nurse, Rat- Nurse Ratchet said in High Anxiety. Did you ever see that movie, Mel Brooks? I did, and I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those who are tardy do not get fruit cups. So I have a running partner, someone you know, and uh, we we actually have a fruit cup that we carry in our cars and give to the other one when they're late on Saturdays. So 
Just well, I'm just impressed that you're running. I was kind of caught <laughs> off guard on that one. <laughs> you don't know what I'm running from. I've got a lot. <laughs> I've got a lot to talk to you about, brother. So Sydney Powell, um, she uh, she was uh, all over the news uh, when she was representing Michael Flynn, and then of course during some of the post-election contretemps, she pleads guilty. Uh, talk to us about this. Takes a plea deal, I guess, uh, because she was going to have to go to trial in Georgia over some of her legal efforts. Yes, or law. Yeah, you take it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So she she was one of the co-conspirators under the RICO um, complaint that was brought by the Georgia, uh, Georgia County prosecutor um, in regard to the, the election. And what she uh, at least publicly reported is that she's going to be pleading guilty to is um, there was one part of the conspiracy where individuals who were um, allegedly representatives of the, the Trump campaign went into an elections department and inspected election machines, and it was caught on video. Mm-hmm. She was not specifically um, there, but was part of, or at least the, the allegation was that she was coordinating that whole effort and worked with the individuals, including a bail bondsman who has already pled guilty to it, um, in, in that um, and that act, and it was it's pretty clear. It's, it's caught on video. You can't you can't uh, dispute the video by any means. And individuals went in there and and um, basically manipulated an election machine. So Sidney Powell's pled guilty to that. What's surprising is is that it was unclear what her role was right. um, in that piece of it. But her, her her role, when you look at the complaint, she was involved in a lot more yeah. of the activities and the allegations that were brought. Right. And as a way people need to understand is, although she's pleading to just that limited act, usually as part of a plea deal, you're going to cooperate in the entire case, right? Right. right. And and just keep this in mind. This is pre, uh, an attorney who was representing President Trump, the in, yeah. inside person, right? It's like right. almost like your priest testifying yeah. against you, or yeah. rabbi yeah. Press, testifying yeah. against you. Yeah. So th- this is this is this has wide ramifications because usually, um, as part of a plea deal, you give what's called a proffer, mm-hmm. which is this is what I'm willing to testify about and testify honestly about the entire case. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we don't know what that proffer is, whether or not that was actually obtained. Um, and if if she's willing to um, testify about the entire conspiracy, then that is going to be very concerning for uh, President Trump and the other. Uh, Possibly Giuliani, too. Is he caught up in some of Giuliani this? For sure. Because as yeah, I recall, I, you know, as you were saying that, I was just recalling, you know, she was dispa- dismissed or dispatched from the team kind of unceremoniously at one point for whatever reasons. I believe that she was making arguments they weren't on board with as was 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 the story at the time. But she can't be happy with them and how she was dismissed. I, I'd be sweating if I were them, in other words. I would be, too. But you also have to keep in mind that's the public um, in person who you, you're saying, hey, listen, I'll be I'll be the sacrificial lamb and okay. go out there and, and do things that, that necessarily the legal team doesn't want to been. do publicly. Yeah. So she's dismissed. Might have so, been. But, but you're absolutely right. She was definitely um, showed up to press conferences, et cetera, with Rudy Giuliani and has, has that um, take on it. Now, 
keep in mind this Georgia prosecutor, how she got her chops and how she got to where she is. This was her bread and butter doing RICO charges yep. against organized crime and yep. gangs. Yep. So if anybody knows the RICO, and, and as I've explained before, and everybody's seen the movies as you try to move up the ladder, this is like you know right underneath the Godfather type scenario yep. of somebody who's going to be testifying. So it's going to be uh, um, interesting to see what she's going to testify to. There's also another um, one of the hold, other hold, lawyers. Hold the, hold the thought. Can I keep you another another segment? You bet. Yeah, because I want to talk about that and the level of sanction she received. Was it a slap on the wrist or was it far more substantial than that? And I want to talk about gag orders with you too, Brett. Brett Johnson is my guest. Yeah, great. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brett Johnson from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm is our guest. He's our con law and elections law expert and teacher. Brett, but did you want to say more about the Sidney Powell thing aside from uh, the issue of uh, what the level of sanction was against her? Uh, no, 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 okay. no. It, it, but the, the level of sanction, it, it, it is expected for this type of plea deal. Um, I, I, it, the six-year probation request and then a letter to the citizens of Georgia um, but obviously that's just the recommendation. The judge can do what they want within those parameters. So it, it might, might be less, and especially if she is cooperating as, as expected, then that might even be decreased significantly. And, and a couple thousand dollar fine, that's that's all uh, well within the reason. Okay, fair enough. Uh, no disbarment, nothing like that. It doesn't appear. Well, that's a different process. Oh, because that's, that's done process. by the AB, that's done by the bar association. That's right. Okay. Exactly. So that's that's still to come. You you saw that even um, during the the Clinton, um, you know, saga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Clinton he had to relinquish his yeah. bar license, I think, to Arkansas on the Supreme Court, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That that's exactly yeah. right. So you're gonna you're gonna see that that follow through, and and she might just retire and uh, yeah. and you know submit those licenses. All right. Speaking of all that. Let's talk about Judge Tanya Chutkin's gag order on Donald Trump. This is the case in Washington, yes? Washington, Washington D.C., D.C. Yeah. That, that, that's right. So not, not a good week for, for President Trump. Right. So the gag order is, is it's actually a very short gag order. Um, it's only three pages. Um, go, go ahead and read it, as I always recommend. Uh, find it online. Um, and basically it holds that due to ensuring the administration of just, justice and the safeguard, quote-unquote, safeguard the integrity of the proceedings, um, President Trump and his lawyers and the prosecutors can't uh, dispa- uh, disparage the lawyers including the prosecutor, can't disparage potential witnesses and can't disparage um, court staff. So it's, uh, it is written um, pretty narrowly, but there are some very uh, um, um, arguments that it's, it, it's going to be obviously appealed. President Trump has already said he's going to appeal it. And, and the argument there it goes back to, you might not remember this, uh, Seth, but 1987, Representative Harold Ford got into trouble. The father of the guy um, was, we see on Fox News, if I'm not mistaken. That that is correct, yeah. and he and it's it's his case from the Sixth Circuit yeah. that kind of drives all this, and he and he prevailed because there was a very broad gag order put on him. He was running for reelection, and he thought that it was a um, politically motivated uh, case, and and the judges in the Sixth Circuit agreed with him. I think that the judge here had that case in mind because it is written pretty narrowly. The biggest issue is on the disparaging of witnesses. Now, yeah. the witnesses who we're assuming going to be there are um, a former Attorney General Bill Barr, um, General Mathis, and a few others that are going uh, around. You know who it could well, be, Brett? It could be Mike Pence. Yeah. It could be a competitor could, of Donald Trump's. It could be Mike Pence, and but there is a caveat in there specifically about political 
um, uh, uh, political opponents in that so long as it's not about the testimony, i.e. January 6th, it's about policy or about anything else, then that is allowed. So he's not going to be have a full gag order. It's just about these proceedings in general, which is January 6th. Well, that's very hard because, yeah. you know, Attorney General Barr <laughs> right. and General Mathis, that's what they're hanging their hat on right. as they're going around um, talking on the circuit. And, and I think that's the biggest opening that, uh, um, in, in this case, yeah. the, the Court of Appeals is going to have concerns with, is that those individuals are going to be able to go around the country, and President Trump is not going to be yeah. able to defend himself against those claims. Is it odd that he can't criticize Jack Smith, the prosecutor? Uh, it, it is not odd. That's That sometimes um, happens, and, and the reason being is, um, especially as to the safety, you want the prosecutors and the court staff to be able to do their function without without concern of safety. So it's not too odd. It's definitely in, in other criminal cases, organized crime cases, um, where um, you know the the mob. Well, sure, <laughs> yes, for sure, exactly. I can understand that. So it's not it's not unknown where you can't make comments against the prosecutor for the safety of the prosecution. Um, but you know there was the caveat there that Department of Justice and. And President Biden, of course, were, were fair game um, and that, that it was a politically motivated um, uh, uh, criminal complaint. So he's able to he is able to say those things. Yeah. Well, OK. And it's boy, I, it's hard to read the you know, to predict how this how this gets handled up on appeal. But it seems to me with the Harold Harold Ford senior, I guess it would be the Harold Ford senior case, uh, they did not uphold the gag order ultimately correct they did not because right. it was such a broad broadly written order but there was also so, a different what, kind of view of free speech or first amendment rights in those days it seems to me I, it just seems to me that way maybe i'm wrong you 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 litigate in this field all the time it seems to me the stricter view of the first amendment is is less popular than it used to be I think that you're right, and especially if it's narrow, narrowly, because there is good U.S. Supreme She cited it. Uh, the judge in this case cited it. There's good U.S. Supreme Court um, precedent that the First Amendment does give way uh, for the administration of justice, especially for criminal proceedings. Okay. So, so um, there is a lot of precedent in this area um, in relation to gag orders. It's just very rare when you're dealing with politicians and you're dealing with people. And very, and obviously, never happened before an individual who's running for president. So, just like everything else with President Trump, his whole administration, and then now, um, basically, there's going to be new law created for sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hard cases make bad laws. That the old phrase of Oliver Wendell Holmes, is, I believe. That, that that's right. And you also have to be if I, President Trump is going to do what he's going to do. But it, it from a practical standpoint, and, and if anybody's been into a courtroom for civil proceedings or criminal proceedings, your lawyer usually says, "Do do not offend the court staff." Right. Um, right. They, they carry right. so much weight, yeah. and they're just doing their job. Yeah. So it, it's. It's not going to do him much favor um, uh, on targeting the court staff. If I were in his position, I would target saying, hey, I'll agree to your gag order as to the court staff. But um, the prosecutor and potential witnesses, I should be able to criticize them all I want because I'm running for office. And uh, I believe this is politically motivated. Yeah, I would think especially the witnesses, because that's the issue. I mean, if uh, Pence is called or uh uh, sorry, or if uh, uh, Bill Barr is yeah. called, they're going to be they're going to be all over television. I mean, it, they're going to oh, be yeah. all over CNN talking about it. 
Right, and that might be the the caveat yeah. is the prosecutor needs to list specifically what witnesses are going to be called, yeah. and then those witnesses also be subject to. I was to just going to ask order. if you can gag order a witness. Oh, absolutely! Okay. If they're if they're if they're part of the witness list, the court has wide latitude, just okay. like it does to the jur- the jurors. Yeah, it can sequester the jurors yeah. and not let them have any television or social media. And of course, grand jurors ipso facto, right? Obviously, exactly. Yeah, and it's always honored to the T, isn't it? <laughs> never leaks out. Brett Johnson, never, <laughs> never, never. Brett Johnson from Snell and Wilmer, SWLaw.com. As I like to point out, uh, not a sponsor or anything like that, just damn good attorneys. Thanks, Brett, for being with us. Really appreciate you. Thank you. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 5080 960, and uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Great, uh, great investment opportunity they have, great actors in the community as well. Uh, they have an investment in a portfolio. It's got a high fixed rate of return. And if you're concerned about possible recession, bank failures, and stock market volatility, it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. Uh, you can turn your monthly income on or off. Uh, Compound it, whatever you like. And if you need your money back at any time, there's no loss of principal or penalty. There are no fees in the secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi. They're a due diligence approved firm. You can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, 10.25% fixed rate of return. So check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com or call 888-Y-REFI. 24, 888-Y-REFI-24. I had an emailer ask me, uh, let's see here, how uh, how did uh, Donna write it? Is the Speaker of the House third in line in the presidential succession? It seems an extremely important question. I haven't heard anyone mention it in discussion. Yes, the Speaker of the House is. Uh, the Speaker of the House pro tem is not. So, uh, yeah, good work. If, um, God forbid... You need an order of succession. It's Biden, Kamala Harris, not the Speaker pro tem, based on a 1947 act. Uh, So you go next to the president pro tem of the Senate. That would be Patty Murray. So we don't even have a Republican in the line of succession here. And then after Patty Murray, you get Tony Blinken. Yeah, good vacuum you've created here. Good vacuum, those who like chaos. Bob is impatient. Hi, Bob. Hey, Seth. How you doing today, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Okay. Is is he running or is he not running? I just heard about 20 minutes Yeah, ago I think they're behind. Talking. The The latest report I had, okay. which might have just been before that uh, report was put in the can, so to speak, I, I've heard he's out. Yeah. Okay, very good. Anyway, on your monologue today, which was excellent, you spoke of that young lady who works for Homeland Security, I believe. Yeah, I think they've I, they've they've kicked her out now, but yeah, was <laughs> was for three yeah. years in Homeland Security. Yeah, I don't think they kicked her out. They put her on a leave, I believe, is what I heard. Not strong. But enough. did you know what her position was? Yeah, she was vetting. Way? Yeah, she was vetting asylum seekers. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. What could go wrong with that? What could go wrong with that? A former spokesman for the PLO who is calling Israelis and Jews words I can't use on air. What could possibly oh, go wrong with that? I didn't realize she was involved with the PLO. That's interesting. Yeah, her job was uh, spokesman for the PLO before she got hired at DHS. Okay. Now I you know how to get a job at DHS. I got to yeah. swear to a different oath? Yeah, swear, yeah, swear <laughs> allegiance to a terrorist <laughs> organization. 
Yeah. If something goes wrong with one of the people he vetted, is she in line for treason? I don't know. I don't think it's actively making war against country. I don't think it's hate. I don't know. It would be tough. It would be tough. It's bad enough. It's bad enough. I got to run. I got to run. 602-5080-960. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.